And it's like I said earlier, it's not about specifically finding time. It's about making it. Like if you think that you haven't got time, oh, I've got no time, well, then make time. But you, you don't have to steal time away from your family or from a job or anything like that. Welcome to another episode of Ask Lattice. Today we've got someone slightly different. We've got John Proctor, who's a new coach of ours, and I'm going to introduce him because he won't sell himself properly. That's right with you, John. That's absolutely fine. So, uh, John is actually a climbing partner of mine that I've climbed with for like, how many years? Five years, maybe. Five years. So, we used to go uh, out in the Peak District a lot into Malham, and effectively every drive to and from the crag and at the crag was training talk conversations about performance and throughout the years I think you've been teaching me as much as I've been teaching you and it's been a good back and forth so John's actually joined the team last year and has been coaching with a load of our athletes since so it's been fun I've enjoyed it welcome to the sofa John thank you I feel like I've replaced Tom you are a slightly younger and better more looking. fit better looking better looking <laughs> version of Tom slightly less dodgy heck <laughs> Um, so today, I thought it'd be really interesting because John has a slightly different uh, setup in life to myself, where you've got two kids, two young kids, and actually two jobs, one alongside this as well. So we're going to look at John's schedule and how he actually manages to fit everything in, because he's much stronger than me and seems to have half the time that I do. <laughs> Sound good? Yeah, it's good. I don't apply the strength as well as you do. You don't apply the strength no, as well, no, no. But that's a different subject. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get onto that. We'll get yeah, onto yeah. that. So um, one of the things I think is really interesting is, so I've seen you over the years climbing and progressing, and I think you pretty much went up a sport grade a year. Yeah, from 2016, sport, every spring I improved by a grade, yeah. So that was like 8A, 8A plus, 8B. 8B plus, yeah. And, cool. then, and then global pandemic. And then global <laughs> pandemic kicked in. So when you've been doing this over the last few years then, um, you've had, I think when we met, Seb, your youngest, was born? He was born in the March, but we met in the December. So he was born three months after we, after we first met, yeah. Okay. And then you've just had your second child recently, haven't you? Two years ago. Two, yeah. Has it been two years? Yeah, yeah. Two years ago, okay. So, Walking, talking. <laughs> oh my God. So we've got two kids yeah. and then with this job as well, you've got two jobs. Yes. Like, how do you fit it all in and like, what is your best tips for anyone doing the same? Because I think we have so many people that we work with that have really complicated lives and do training plans with us. And they always ask like, how am I supposed to fit in all the quality training and performance alongside this? So like, how do you do it? I think for me that the first thing is it's, it's like a priority game. So work and family always come first and they always should come first. Everything else should come second, Yeah. which obviously includes climbing and training. So I do want to be a good climber and I want to continue to improve, but that has to come second. So then it's, well, I've got to work this amount of hours a day and I want to spend this much time with my family. So what pockets of time are left? And if there are no pockets of time, and make pockets of time. So what, what's like your weekly schedule at the moment then? Um, everything. Um, let's go down. for that's, like that's a busy week. units of time in terms of like, we won't talk about your individual sections of work, but like what, is, what does a normal kind of 
training day look like all right. week? So training day, I'll probably set my alarm for about half four, five o'clock because I tend to start work at about half six, seven. So it's get up, kettle on straight away, um, have a quick cup of coffee, but I sort of like I'm warming up while I'm having a cup of coffee sort of thing. And then You're I'll warming f- up whilst making coffee? Yeah, theraband work, kettle on. Internal, so, external rotation. All about efficiencies here. Yeah, it yeah. is, it is. It's, it's finding them tight. So then I'll do, um, I tend to have a fingerboard workout in the morning with like gen, then general conditioning. I'm usually at work for seven, so the training will last an hour, an hour and a half. And then I'm at work for seven. I tend to pick my kids up at four-ish, something like that. So then it's sort of like evening routine of tea, um, washing up after yourself, uh, putting the kids to bed, and then training again at about seven in the evening for an hour and a half or something. Okay, so you're doing double days on training days. Yeah. And you've got a key thing is your board in the garage, isn't it? Yeah, fingerboard, TRX and yeah, 50. 50 degree board. Mm. And then, um, so what do you do at the moment? Is it like day on, day off? Like two sessions a day, then a day off rest or? Um, I'm trying to have sort of like three training days. So my double days will be, I tend to have double days on Wednesdays and Fridays. And then I'll climb outdoors on uh, a Sunday, a Sunday morning. And then I train again really early on Monday morning. So then that gives me sort of like 36 hours rest between Monday and Wednesday. But the Monday, because I've climbed on the Sunday, my skin's pretty bad. That tends to be just like a heavy conditioning day or aerobic capacity or something like that. So I think the bit I always find really mad whenever we talk about this, because I always think I'm really busy and I feel like I, I work quite hard and then I... We go to the crag and I talk about, oh, I had a bad night's sleep. And then you've been up with your kids all night or something like that. And it's, I'm just like, God, I, I need to be a bit more disciplined. But I think one thing that will come on to how you trained yourself to get up earlier, because yeah. that's just mad to me. But the, the other thing is the fact that you consciously worked on sort of day fitness. And so why, why is that sort of the day fitness? So this has become an obsession. So regeneration work is, I'm obsessive about it. Um, so what do you before we move on what do you actually think uh, mean about regeneration work i know we do it in like a load of our training plans but uh, for the person at home like what do you mean by regen so the really really um, easy base aerobic capacity workouts which if you improve that area of your profile it enables you to have bigger better quality days out so as a parent and being very busy it's a lot of the time i, I tend to have one day a week to get out on rock I'd love to go out two, three, four times a week, but I get that one opportunity and I want that one opportunity when I'm on rock to be the biggest, best possible day that it can be. So I build that fitness up so that when I eventually get that opportunity to go outside, it's a good session. And the interesting bit is, and we always get asked this question quite a lot is, so you're doing loads of really easy aerocap work, but what you're climbing right now is bouldering. Yeah. And whenever you were climbing sport, it was pretty short, punchy, intense sport yeah and that regen work still played a massive role oh yeah because it gives you more more good quality goals per day if you if you ignore that that part of your profile completely you're probably going to get one or two goals per day which if you don't that that's fine i would imagine if you've got three or four days a week to go climbing because the next opportunity to go rock climbing may only be two days away but if you've got to wait seven days, then you want that seven that day on to be a good day, like high volume. Yeah, and I can definitely uh, say that whenever I've been out with John and if I've been doing less fitness work and you'll 
do a couple of climbs and then want to do a few more and a few more and as long as it's usually a skin that gives up first isn't it yeah definitely and uh, so this is something i've worked with a lot of like top level boulderers is it's quite hard to get that buy-in for that regeneration work and i think people don't realize is say you've done a long walking or you're visiting somewhere new or like in john's case you've got one day a week the the success of your day is going to be largely dependent on how long it takes you to figure out a problem and then how many goes you have at it unless you're sort of playing the flash game and i think generally that regeneration work is so important to be able to actually keep trying things and then in your case make the most of a day yeah out. yeah definitely and i think for me as well is is with that those sessions is getting the intensity right because mm. people get the intensity of that session wrong all the time and it does feel it took me a long time to get it right, I think, because it feels counterproductive to do something so easy to get better. Yeah. But, but the amount of time, like, people do that session, so oh, I got really pumped. Oh, so you've done it wrong. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, don't, don't get pumped. <laughs> it oh, should yeah. be easier. We see that all the time, don't we? Everyone's yeah, yeah. getting pumped. But I think you do the most boring session. <laughs> to, to me personally, I, I can ever think about it, which is 30% repeaters on a fingerboard or 40% repeaters, isn't it? Like for me, it feels like I'm hanging from a harness and funneling a fingerboard for half an hour. And you love it, don't you? You do it all I the do, time. Yeah. That's the, the fittest that I've ever been was that session twice a week. And one that stuck at a strict 30%. And then the second session, I made it slightly harder over a five month period. So I started with, I think, 20 or 25 kilos on the puller. And this and is two arm hangs. But... Two arm hangs. In a, I did one session in a drag. So front, front three open and one session in a half crimp. And yeah, I started, so both of those were, I think it was about minus 20. And then I stuck one session at minus 20 for the full five months. And then the other session I took two and a half kilos off. And the difference after five months of that, like I was doing it with plus two and a half kilos and it, it still felt like region. It was a minute on minute off that was, wasn't it? Yeah, seven, yeah, yeah. Seven seconds hang, three seconds off. For a minute, then a minute rest, yeah. time 10. With a puller and a radio on. And a radio. <laughs> oh, I tried it and uh, I I think it's a really, really good session, but you've definitely got to be like, keep yourself entertained, haven't you, Joey? Yeah. yeah. It's a good session, I love it. <laughs> but you will be pleased to know that I have moved on and I'm doing it with feet on the floor at my board now. Yeah, that's good. But it's harder to get the intensity right. This is the beauty of the 30% repeater session. Is that <laughs> it's so easy to get the intensity right. Because if you try it and you get a little bit pumped, oh, I'll just put another two and a half kilos on the pulley next time. Oh, that was perfect. Yeah. But like when you're on doing a board, it, you haven't said just on your Yeah, and your feet a little bit under and, or choose bigger holds. And even if you're doing it on, on a, a, a 10 degree wall splatterboard, sometimes you just get a little bit too pumped. Yeah, yeah. Right. You, don't, you don't get that on the, the repeaters. It's, it's so easy to get the intensity right. So if anyone's unfit, struggling for time, try that out and see. What do you reckon? Minimum six weeks to see if it makes a difference? Yeah, yeah, definitely minimum six weeks. Commit to a winter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you used to do like, uh, yeah, winter of really hardcore training and then yeah. shoulder season performance and the summer of hardcore training or mileage. Yeah, mileage, yeah. So it was, I used to commit from the end of October to April as just indoors. And this was like a, a family thing as well because I have the, the, the desire to go outside all the time, like as all climbers do. But it just felt unfair, like taking that day away from my family, like for 12 months a year. So it's like, right, I'll do six months inside and six months outside. And that way that, because I train so early as well, they, I get my Sunday back with my family. So I, I spend all weekend with them. So yeah, yeah, 
yeah, six months of training, six months on rock. Yeah, yeah, it's and, good. And I still do, kind of. Yeah, yeah, it's a good, it's a good method. I remember we would always, me and John would book in six to eight weeks together of like twice a week out. Spring and like, autumn. Yeah, and spring and autumn, trying to make sure we got on our projects. And I think I belayed you on your hardest and you've belayed me on my hardest climbs as well. I have, yeah. Yeah. That's quite right. You've got some, some good belay ticks for me. I have. Yeah, you have. Yeah. Some of my most proud. Yeah. yeah. So um, one of the things which I have tried since we've known each other and can never get my head around is I'm not a morning person. I really struggle in the mornings. I can't operate very well. I used to work really late when we started Lattice. Me and Tom used to be working until God knows what time overnight and into the morning. And now I've got more used to it and more normal schedule, but I've always wanted to train earlier and get to the crag earlier with good conditions. And I can't seem to break that barrier and like I get more tired. But you've managed to do that partly through work and family, but you've gone so early. And you did tell me it took like a year or something to get used to. Yeah, I'd say, well, I'd say a year before I felt like I was performing well at that time of day. But I, I kind of became accustomed to it over that winter, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. so what times did you used to get up or, and how did that process look? And what sort of sessions are better as well? Like, do you just do everything in the morning? No, so, so the session choice was the same as the session structure. So you would always do your fingerboarding before a bouldering session or before an endurance session, wouldn't you? So I always did my fingerboarding in the morning and I, I kind of treated the, the, the split day as though I was splitting a session in half. Mm. It's like, well, which ones would I do first? Well, I'm always going to do my fingerboarding first. And I think that initially, and probably still now, that my movement does suffer in the morning, so that I couldn't really perform on a board in my garage at that time in the morning. And the really crucial thing is, is that my son's bedroom is bang above the garage, so I can't be pulling about on that board at that time in the morning. Yeah. So. And, um, but now you've said you, you used to struggle a bit with it, now you got used to it over like a year, and you've, start going out because we're in the summertime here in the uk so conditions are absolutely spot on awful <laughs> and uh considering you're a uh, a limestone climber or sam said limestone boulder <laughs> um so you've been going out really early haven't you at the moment yeah. and do you find that totally fine as well yeah i do now but like I've, obviously i've been training in the morning since 2016 now yeah the winter of 2016 is when i first tried it um but I think that's four or five years. Like, I've just become accustomed to it now. And it does take time. Like if you, want, if you want to do that, that's fine. But I think don't expect gains straight away and don't expect to be good at it straight away. Like it, it does take time. But then when you become accustomed to it, it's just worth its weight in gold, I think. Yeah, quiet crags. Like yeah. More training time. So what's your... I know you... Um, so Sammy's filming now and John we're having a discussion about a little project. John's got on the go. And that is doing 100 V points in a day on the peak limestone with walking in between the crags as well. Um, if you want to tell us about that, and also I'm thinking about this because you said something like a 4.30 start time to get conditions. The 4.30 start is because of the conditions. It's got because it's the coolest time of day. So I think the holes are so small and uncomfortable at times. If I start pulling on them at dinner time when it's warm, my skin's just gonna be ruined straight away. So, but the idea behind it was that I'd had a really good spring. I'd felt like I'd peaked and so I just Trying needed, harder things in yeah, spring, yeah. And I've equaled my best on multiple occasions. 
and then I started trying what would have been my hardest of all the problems today, but I just couldn't, I could not pull hard on those holds at that time of year. And I just needed something. I felt like I was climbing poorly. I wasn't moving as well, probably because I'd been trying really hard things a lot. And I just needed to, I felt like I needed to drop the grade, put some miles in so that I started moving well again. And just something to focus my mind on for a couple of months. Yeah, I think a lot, we were talking about this at the wall, weren't we? A lot of people tend to just focus on that top end all the time. And like, let's be honest, it is like a bit of an ego hips constantly fail, isn't it? And it's, yeah, massively. you do struggle a bit for motivation and when you're constantly trying something too hard. And I guess another motivation for you is you've always been a sport climber and now you've recently transitioned to more bouldering. So you've got loads of pretty new boulders to go at. But what's kind of like, so you're going to try and do 100 V points between a couple of crags. Yeah, and then four, what, I think. Four crags and what, a couple of miles walking in between? I reckon then that's probably about four miles, yeah. Four miles with two pads. And then what kind of grades are you going to climb at, do you So think? the rules I'm giving myself is that, yeah, got to walk between the crags. I tend to warm up on sort of like V1s to V5-ish and then I start feeling like I'm trying hard at V6. So the minimum grade that I'm willing to take the points for is V5 because I kind of not in an arrogant way, but I don't want to feel like I'm getting like cheaper points, the things that I could just like get 10 or 20 points at the end of the session. Like it's got to be hard for the end. So yeah, V, so it'll be V5 to V8 plus. This is a tricky one, 7B plus. Cause it's like, <laughs> do you take half a point? No. Is, it, sure just, is it just, is, that, is V8 plus? Is that 8.5 points or is it, do I just take the eight? Because if I can get two, two V8 pluses in, that's an extra point. I think I've been debating this one. What do we what do we reckon? I don't know. I I reckon let's see what people comment below. Does V eight plus count as eight and a half? Or just eight. Or eight. So that's seven uh, B plus in font grades or V eight plus. Um <laughs> I'm gonna, gonna have to do what the people choose. Yeah, yeah, I reckon <laughs> you should put it for a vote. Everyone comment below and then that'll de determine John's day and we'll put it all up on YouTube and if he does this day before you comment and it doesn't count, then I'll have to do it again. God, can you imagine if I got 99 points and only took the eight? <laughs> <laughs> Mortified. Oh, that'd be nightmare. <laughs> I think it's a really, really good idea though. Like I'm actually quite psyched to the idea of like joining in with it because I think particularly now, like you say, conditions are really bad and so many people start going to the crag and are projecting. And I've got a few climbers I work with where I'm like, okay, it's your off season a little bit. Let's let's come up with some other challenges. So one that I've done with people, which is similar, is week one of your training, you prep the big day, half the big day. So if you want to try and get 30 problems done with the most view points or 20 problems done with the most view points possible, on week one, you do 10 of them. You don't have to do them and get used to it. Week two, you do the second 10. You don't have to do them. You have to just get used to the moves so you work them out. And then week three, you try and send all 20. And you've got to figure out the best way of getting the most points. And I think that's like a nice structure of training and challenging yourself and having like a massive day. But then you're getting so much climbing in as well. Mm. And I think what you're doing is really good. It's because it, the volume helps you to climb well and it gives you confidence. And if you're climbing well and your confidence, that will then transfer into harder problems, whether that be on a route or on a boulder problem. You need that confidence. And that's the reason that I took the sort of like, the volume summer approach that I have done with my sport climbing mm -hmm. because you, you just, you, I don't know, you, you climb with, with so much confidence and you move so well. And it's just that 
at the end of the day, like we love climbing, we want to climb, and there's nothing more satisfying than whether it be a boulder problem or a route is getting to the top. Yeah. And if you're constantly failing all the time, it is just demoralizing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Oh no, I totally agree. And I think it's totally undervalued doing mm. mileage. And even like with my sport climbs, when when on days like when we've been at, I'll have two or three goes at the hard problem at the project and then just drop my grade completely and then just go and put some miles in. Mm. And that pyramid, because what I've, what I found with that approach is that the routes that you can do quicker or the boulder problems that you can do quicker, the grade gets higher as you get fitter and you're moving better and you're more confident. So you might have dropped from, I would probably, when I was climbing 8A, I was probably dropping my grade to sort of like 6C plus or 7A. But then like as your grade creeps up, you're quickly doing like 7B, 7B plus or 7Cs really quickly. Mm. And then all of a sudden you've got, thinking god i've done like two seven c's here after i've done like two, yeah. two goes on an eight b or eight b plus and yeah, yeah it's such a good approach and like i said that pyramid just gets huge yeah yeah and like you say makes the most of your time outside yeah yeah definitely so since you're doing an alpine start so that's 4 30 a.m start just to clarify a.m in the morning 4 30 <laughs> um what are you going to carry with you what like you can have multiple shoes. You can have a warm-up fingerboard. Uh, are you wearing Crocs? Are you gonna what like how? Definitely, one hundred percent not wearing Crocs. <laughs> too stylish. Yeah, oh, yeah, far too stylish. Crocs. If you want to sponsor me, then <laughs> I'm your man. You are uh, the only person that wears them. So. The only person. That's because you go out four thirty. You don't see anyone else. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, what, what are you gonna carry with you, and like how how are you gonna structure it? Two pads, lots of food, peanut butter and jam sandwiches, all day. <laughs> just, just snacking though. I'm gonna snack like a, when I used to be a fell runner, a little bit, little and often. Um, shoes will be, I guess, just, just my scarpers, just because they're the only ones that I trust on Pete Limestone. So it'll be VSs, instant VSs without shadow. Um, shorts. Shorts. T-shirt. I may go topless. No, I've cut my coffee down. Ah, I have a cup caffeine of co- free. No, I'm not caffeine free. I've just reduced it significantly. So See, it's, it's a cup of coffee in the morning and then one in the van on the way to work now. So yeah, we'll probably have his caveat of getting used to mornings was like three coffees at 4.35 a.m. And, <laughs> and then a lot more after that. So now you don't need it as much. No. Okay. And then just nice, comfortable pair of trainers to walk in. Sam's going to carry my pads as well as all the cameras. <laughs> <laughs> So I've pack- got to be fresh. I need to be fresh. <laughs> I'm, the- <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm the athlete. <laughs> I'm the put, me in a bar- put me in a wheelbarrow. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a good video. I know, yeah. Like just running down Millersdale. Keep, keep smaller legs yeah. so you can save it for the climb and just <laughs> plonk you at the bottom of the crag ready to sit start and then you can get going. <laughs> Has anyone seen that video, the, the flasher? I Paul Robinson from years ago. Have, have, have a search for that classic. Anyway, so that's <laughs> going to be on YouTube soon. And I think we're going to try and get that on our channel and go out. And obviously, Sam's going to wheelbarrow you around for the day. I'm really, I'm dreading them last 30 points. Because I did, I think I got like 72 at the weekend. God, it's going to be awful now. It's going to be awful. I well, might I've, join I've, you for the end of it. I've been clever though. <laughs> I've been really clever because, well, I've gone... The last crag and the last problems are going to be the ones with the biggest holds. So I did it the wrong way around on Sunday. So I went to Raven Tor and then Rubicon. 
So I was just really sore by the time I got to Rubicon. I'm just going to do them problems first. Ah, uh, that's a good idea. Yeah, and then finish on the sort of like the big old. So even if my skin's suffering, that I know I'll be able to hold on to them. So I'll join you at about nine or ten when I wake up, <laughs> yeah. and I'm feeling fresh and can give you crap for it. You know what you said earlier though about the getting up early. Like you said that you can't do it. The reason that you can't do it is because you don't have to. Yeah. I was put in a position where, and this was obviously by choice. I don't think we spoke about why I started doing it, actually. Let's talk about why I started getting up earlier. They're going to say why I chose to have kids then. <laughs> I, was, I was put here by choice. It's my wife's fault. <laughs> don't, do not put that in. <laughs> uh, that's not true. So I was, I was... The reason that I started trying it was when... So when my son was born, I didn't have as much time to train. Because obviously... I was, I was, you know, my missus used to do the night feeds and we saw, like, I used to feed every three hours, so it'd be seven, ten, one, four, like, throughout the day. And I was really bad at the one o'clock, getting up at one o'clock, but she was fine. So even though I had to go to work, I said that I would always do the four o'clock feed. And what I found is that I'd get up at four o'clock, I'd feed him, get him back to bed for half past four. I wouldn't go to work till 6.37, but I could never get back to sleep. And I just wanted to be productive with that time. At the time I was coming home from, before I'd started training early, I was coming home from work and then training and that just felt like I was stealing time from my family. So I, I sort of had this light bulb moment of, can I just train at that time in the morning at 4.30? Yeah. So what I'd, and to keep my missus asleep, I'd get him to sleep downstairs next to the garage. So like the garage door opens into the kitchen. Um, I'd sort of like feed him, wrap him up in his blanket, put him in like a little bouncer a couple of metres away. So like when the radio were on, it wouldn't wake him up. And that's when I started having the, the early sessions. So my missus were happy because she got a little bit longer to sleep. And then I felt that I was being productive with my time. And it's like I said earlier, it's not about specifically finding time. It's about making it. Like if you think that you haven't got time, oh, I've got no time, well, then make time. But you, you don't have to steal time away from your family or from a job or anything like that. Just sleep less. I can see a load of young parents here going, "Oh no, like there's no, oh, I'm not sure I can make make that work." Yeah, but there's there's no excuses, is there? There is no excuses. <laughs> You've heard it here first. There's no excuses. But you could, But what do you need? Like for a good, what is a good? I know everyone's different, but a good quality sleep is seven to nine hours. Nine hours is too much. Like, <laughs> nobody needs nine hours sleep. They don't. No, I mean, you've never tried it. It's great. Because, because <laughs> I'm just awake. I just wake up. Do people need nine hours sleep? I think some people do, yeah. Some people, yeah. But I think if you became accustomed to seven over time, seven would be sufficient. Yeah. We'll leave, we'll leave that one for, for the YouTube debate. What do you reckon, guys? Seven or nine hours sleep? Is nine just being selfish? <laughs> The thing that if you train, so if you do what I do and you train it then, so you put, I then put my kids to bed and then I go and train again. So the second session is at half six, seven o'clock. I'm then, I finish my session for half past eight. I have a cup of tea, spend like half an hour, 45 minutes with my wife. And then I'm in bed and asleep for half nine. So you're getting seven and a half hours sleep before you train it again. So 5.30 or five o'clock sounds really, really early. But when you think of, you're still getting seven, seven and a half hours sleep, like that's enough, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Do you think it'll change a bit when the kids are older, getting up later, don't need feeds? No, because, no, well, now they don't. So, like, obviously, Tobias had two. Not been feeding him in the night for well over a year. 
but like my, my body has just become so accustomed now to getting up at that time and like i say it's that with that thought of oh i feel like i'm stealing time away from my family if i just get up at five o'clock and they're still in bed asleep i'm not getting up with them anymore but they're asleep while i'm doing my thing mm-hmm. and that's my time if anyone's ever interested in seeing this process live and seeing any of the pictures john's really good at putting this on his instagram uh, at like John Proctor. Jonathan. At Proctor Jonathan. At yeah. Proctor Jonathan. And you can see the, the, the schedule coming out and I wake up at a reasonable hour and when I end up looking at the stories and can see John's work, it's like you immediately feel really lazy. <laughs> so yeah, if you, if you want to feel lazy or want to get more sight then, and, and give him a follow. All right, thanks very much, John. And thanks for watching. We're going to be back with another Ask Latter soon. And hopefully a big day out with John Proctor, 100 V points in a day, no half points. <laughs>